Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm glad you're along today. Um, I've, I've got through the um, Hezekiah series and, of course, posted the um, three parts of Freedom and Liberty series. And uh, it's getting a lot of traffic. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased by that. I'm, I'm thankful that people are listening and, and, I'm, and I'm in faith believing that we're being stirred and challenged and um, whatever is the Lord within anything I might say here that that would be what remains that that would be what is I guess just kind of gleaned from it um, you know when you're panning for gold you don't you don't stick the pan in the stream and pull out 100% gold <laughs> Um, you got to shake it, you've got to sift it, you've got to strain it, you've got to rinse it, and you've got to really look. You've got to, number one, your eyes have to be prepared for what you're looking for. Your, your attention has to be awakened towards what it is you're even looking for. And so may that be true for us spiritually. Anything that we listen to, give ourselves to, read, think on. May we be willing to do the same process of sifting and, and discerning the voice and will of God within any matter that comes to us, no matter how it comes. If you consider yourself part of a people who believe the word of the Lord comes through the brothers, comes through His body, it's absolutely necessary because we're flawed. And we're all trying to give ourselves to giving and receiving anything, potentially the Word of God Himself coming through men, His pattern. People forget, well, they would say, well, it needs to come through the Bible. The Bible is the capital W Word of God, the eternal Word of God given to us as just as the, the law was given to Moses. It was given by God Himself. Okay, well, yes, that's true, but that brand of people and, and that type of thinking seems to forget how the eternal Word of God came to men. Even the Ten Commandments came through a man. I mean, the, the eternal law of Yahweh was inscribed upon stone and delivered through a man. A man full of problems. A mere man. And then the written Word of God came to us, all of humanity, through the pen and the natural mind of men writing it down accordingly. God spoke through things they experienced firsthand, through interviewing people who knew of these matters, through prophecy, through dreams, through visions, through 
angelic, heavenly encounters where they were taken up in the Spirit? Men. Men like me. Men like you. Mere men. How sad it is for people, whether doctrinally or just by action, by accident, who forget that God reveals Himself through mere men. What a forsaken pattern that is. What a forgotten way that is. That the pattern of God was revealing Himself in any way He can. Creation, the written Word, the moving of His Spirit, and men. Men created in His likeness and then recreated in the image of the invisible Son, Jesus the Christ. That is the pattern of God. And so as I drive out this morning, that even... That isn't even what I was thinking about specifically, but what I am thinking about this morning is, is <laughs> no coincidence, right along those same lines of how do we arrive at what is the Word of the Lord? The Word of the Lord is something that that phrase is, is mutilated and perverted and skewed, misused, It's always been that way and it always will be. We were warned of that throughout the scriptures by Paul to all the letters he wrote to the churches. In John's revelation, Old Testament times with false prophets, the word of the Lord is a a serious matter. Not so much so that we can never utter it or never say, This is the Lord. But it needs to be held with such awe and reverence and holiness. And may we never just throw that around or use it to our advantage to prove a point or or say those words or even insinuate that what we're saying is God Himself. Unless we've labored to the best that we know how to make sure that that's true. Does the Word of God come spontaneously? Yes. Does it need spoken immediately sometimes? Yes. Does it most often need sat on and prayed through and submitted and resubmitted to root all of us out? Absolutely. Amen. Sure thing. But my, my, my initial thought was, how do we arrive at what is the Word of the Lord? How do we arrive at that as spiritual men? As maturing spiritual men? How do we arrive at what we deem and brand ourselves when something's presented to us? How do we arrive at what the Word of the Lord is on a matter? How do we, what is our process in our mind. And, and my question is, do we even know? Can we step back this morning, this afternoon, whenever you listen to this and say, how do I deem what is and what is not the word of the Lord? 
what criteria do I maybe even accidentally or casually arrive at defining, discerning what is and what is not God speaking to me, in this case, specifically through another individual, within the context and confines of a loving, established, fellowship-based relationship with any other brother or sister. We're not talking about just a stranger walking up to you after a church service and saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm not talking about that. That has a whole other set of issues and questions and concerns that need to be processed, of course, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about should we be in a relationship with other individuals called according to the name of Jesus Christ who are laboring together, should you consider yourself part of a body of people like that, not the body, but part of the body on the earth, the present manifested manifestation of God and men, the Christ men, the, the many brethren, how do we arrive at what is and what is not the Word of God when it should be presented to any one of us? How do I arrive at what is and what is not God's message to me? The first error I would say, just, and I'm just talking off the top of my head, I don't, this isn't something thought through. It's just a matter of, I need to ask myself, well, how do I, how do I respond to that? What is my process of sifting through whatever may be presented, no matter how it comes? Because I would say that, like, too often we go on just what we feel. Well, initially, I feel opposition. I don't like that. I don't initially agree with that. Or, oh, absolutely, immediately, that's God. That's the Word of God for me. Amen. Now, obviously, if we can ever get to a place where we're told something that we disagree with and we don't believe is right, but yet still have that second response that I just explained, oh my gosh, could we ever get there as the body of Christ? I don't know. I believe we can. I believe it's possible, but... God himself has to do that work in me and in any other brother I've ever met. And I believe within that is such a mystery that few people want to go to. I have heard in my life, in my 46 years of being on this earth, I have heard so many stories of what could we all say in summary of a move of God that started off so awesome. It was four people in a living room, and then it was 20 people in a living room, and then it was 50 people in a, in a gymnasium of a high school, and then it was 150, and then it was 250, and then they bought property, and they grew, and they, you know, all these things. Whether it's signs and wonders, and like praying until, you know, three in the morning, and the Lord just doing a work in men and weeping and repentance. 
men speaking the word of God to others in authority and in receiving of that in a heart of repentance and and contriteness. And most of those stories go loosely as follows. Yeah, but, you know, something just changed. Something happened. Something changed in our gatherings. And most times what seems to be the story is There was just something that came that we just couldn't all endure together. Something came, a a division, um, a, I don't know. It It almost always boils down to relationships, right? We've all either experienced this individually, personally ourselves, or for sure, if anybody's been in Christianity very long at all, has heard this pattern. Well, you know, we just we just couldn't make it work. We couldn't agree. We couldn't find agreement. We couldn't get past our differences. We couldn't endure. If they were honest, they would just say, you know, we just couldn't endure together. So-and-so is just too difficult. That's generally what it boils down to. Whether it's an individual or a group of people, whatever side that, that falls that one is in, Church splits, pastors coming and going, leadership issues, someone within the fellowship who just did whatever. Division. So much so that I think I alluded to this several weeks back in a a different episode, a different recording, but... One of the most spiritually mature men I know years ago who, who, who had experienced much within the body, uh, I would say from what I gathered over the years, like really did experience true fellowship with other people. But it didn't work. It, it failed. You know, his perspective 10, 15, 20 years after the fact at that time was, you know what, Joel, I just don't know if it's possible. I don't know if the church I read about in Acts will ever be on the earth. I don't know. And he, he didn't say that from a disgruntled place or an angry place. He was just speaking factually from a, an honest place, a true place of, you know, I don't know if men can do that. I don't know if men can do that, Joel, anymore. And I don't want to be repetitious if I've already touched on that before, but just for the sake of my point this morning, what do we do with these things? How do we really find peace in things like that? How do we still pursue the Lord with the brethren, with all that we have, with our faith in God and our trust in God alone, not in one another, to position ourselves to say, you know what? This has to be attainable. This has to be for God's people. It has to. 
How would God institute a pattern when the Holy Spirit descends upon a unified people who are gathered and waiting on a promise to come, and that promise comes, sure thing, just as promised. God keeps His covenant. Jesus the Christ comes again in the form of Holy Spirit to now indwell men with no limited measure as He was as the one Jesus Christ natural man. The promise came and the church began. An entire new age came. A new expression of God on the earth had arrived. And and the, the, the puzzling thing is that immediately after the inception and beginning, we see the decline. Like, you know, I don't I can't say time periods and like weeks, months, years, but we see the advancing of the church. We see Paul travel with great precision and purpose and zeal to call people to return, to call people to give themselves to something that was not before, that he himself experienced, of course, firsthand, encountering Jesus the Christ, calling his name. And he did the same. He went and he proclaimed that, hey, brother, everything you've known before is garbage. Jesus has come. And Jesus has been resurrected after he died a physical death. And his conquering the grave has brought us a new a new humanity. A new opportunity has come. A unified agreement that together we can be the demonstration of God on the earth. But his message was, brother, you're not doing that. You're not doing that presently. You're living according to the law, and I'm here to tell you the law has been abolished in the sense of fulfilled Me of all men, the law keeper of law keepers, is here to say a new and living way has come. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to free you. I have, the good news is with me. It's within me. You're bound up and you don't even know it, brother, and that's okay because I didn't know either, and Jesus the Christ received me. He gave me a new name. So my correction to come to you is not to expose your lack just for the sake of telling you you're wrong. It's to tell you that you don't even know you're wrong. The message of Jesus Christ was forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're ignorant. And brothers, we have to admit, we're ignorant. The word of the Lord has got to come to us, and when it comes, we've got to receive it and acknowledge, you know what, I'm ignorant. And until the word of God comes through a brother, 
until it comes through the oracle of God being released into the natural world, I'm in blindness and ignorance. And it's for my good that it comes. And may we respond like Saul, who fell to his knees blinded and said, capital L, Lord, what are you saying to me? Who are you? And when the light and the audible word comes, may we say yes and amen. Change me in my blindness. My strength, my abilities, my, my capabilities of seeing and assessing everything as I have for all, all my life has been blinded. I will not look according to what I feel anymore about what is good and right. And that's the crux of what I wanted to present this morning is may we not be, may we who are saying we're driving, we're being driven by our insatiable urge to be broken before the Lord, to receive His Word, to receive His truth, to be zealous for Him when something comes and checks us and says, hey, your zeal is off, Brother Saul. But I'm here to write it. I'm here to correct it. It's okay if you humble yourself. Hey, Cain, Cain, your sacrifice is off, son. Return to me and I'll receive you unto myself. It's okay in the sense of if you respond to the correction, Cain, I will receive you. When your error is exposed, if you come to me, Cain, if you turn to me, Saul, if you turn to me, Ananias and Sapphira, if you turn when your error is exposed, there is hope for you. I shared the other morning here in our fellowship about um, Rebecca in the Old Testament when, when I'm not, I can't go into the whole story, but when the messenger is sent to go find a son for Isaac, they go to Rebecca's town, they find her at the well, just like the prophet declared, just like the prophecy came. Everything played out just as it was told. So the servant basically says, Rebecca, you've, you've served me, you've watered me, you've watered my camels. You have been identified as the humble servant of God. Take me to your household. And the word of the Lord is presented. The hard word of the Lord comes through a stranger to the house of Rebecca, to her brothers, to her parents. And basically it says, Rebecca, you're supposed to come and marry my master's son. Okay, well, who in the world's your master? Who's your master's son? Where is this? What, do I, what will I be doing? What will this cost me? When are we going? None of those things were asked. The only thing that was asked was can, by the parents, can Rebecca stay with us 10 days, sir? I believe it's 10 days. That's okay. They, they agreed, okay. But 
Come back in 10 days for her. The servant, in summary and paraphrasing, says, it's good for us to go now. And the people's response blows our thinking out of the water. They, again paraphrase, say, it seems good to us that she go. Basically, their opinion is submitted as saying, in, in one verse specifically, they say, it doesn't matter whether it seems good or bad to us. Our opinion is irrelevant, sir. It seems good to us through our spiritual eyes of this is the word of the Lord. So whether it's good or whether it's bad really has no place of our decision making here. And I have to bring this to a a quick conclusion already because I have work waiting for me right in front of my nose. But what do we do with these things that we're told in the scriptures? What role does it play to us like present day? How does it influence us today? Not a good teaching, not a stirring emotional story, But as a pattern, of course, we say that these are patterns in the Scripture, the eternal oracles of God written by men for our instruction. Well, what do we do with that? What do I do with that? When the word of the Lord, should it come to me in a a way of correction? Should it ever come? What do I do with that? I, man, I pray to the deepest place that I feel capable of going to right now. God, may I respond like these men who've gone before me and say, you know what? I'm going to assess this according to the Spirit of God in me and within whoever's delivering this to me and say, God, you define this. You explain this. You, Spirit of the living God, bring confirmation to this. I will allow the Spirit to discern what I hear. I am willing to receive. I am willing to say this could potentially be the Word of God to me, and I have no clue that that is in fact true. It is very possible that I am ignorant. It's possible that I'm like Saul in my zeal, in my current understanding, giving even everything I have to God himself, yet be in opposition to him. Brothers, do we believe that is capable that we are capable of that yet today? That even at our conversion, because we would say, well, I had, I had the road to Damascus conversion, Joel. Jesus came, and I've been changed. I was Saul, now I'm Paul. Okay, but what about the ongoing pattern of repentance? 
The ongoing pattern of repentance that is fruit and evidence that I was changed is that when something comes to me now, I continue in that pattern. Understanding that there is still deception and ignorance in me that needs removed, that needs exposed, and needs removed. Brothers, may we not be negligent to the ongoing revelation of God that comes through the brothers, that comes through the Word, which are synonymous. I mean, who believes that? that they, I mean, really believes it, that they are synonymous. And that, y'all, it's possible... It's possible if we yield our wills to say, I will discern any matter that comes to me according to the Spirit of God. Whether that takes a minute or 10 years, I will position myself to be open to being a receiver of the oracles of God, no matter how they come. Brothers, I believe this is one of the great mysteries of the body that goes almost completely untapped and unexplored. Because as I said at the beginning, pattern and time after time after time, men start there, men may go there for years, but something happens. And you know what? It, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't. It's impossible. It is impossible to receive in humility the word of the Lord from another man. It's impossible for men to present the oracles of God to other men. It's impossible. That's what we all have experienced as true. That's what we have been told. But that's not what I read. And what do we do with that, brothers? What do we do with that body of Christ? What do we do with it? Do we have faith to believe, number one, that if we expose ourselves to the place of vulnerability to constantly say, it is possible I'm ignorant, it's possible there's something in me that's wrong that needs righted. And I believe Jesus comes to me through you. I believe it's possible. So Lord, have your way. We entrust ourselves to you. Not mere men. God in men. The Jesus in one another is our only hope. It's our only hope. The Spirit of God in any of us is our absolute, absolute only hope that we could all ever arrive at receiving and giving the Word of the Lord to one another. We have no hope. There is no hope in just ourselves. Period. Done. Close the door. Let's all just live isolated on our own little mountains for the rest of our days, receiving the word of the Lord as it comes to us individually. That's our only hope. 
is the Spirit of God bringing about a unity that I talked about in that Freedom and Liberty series. Why have I been set free? To submit to one another. The culmination of it is to get myself to a place to actually receive the word of the Lord from another man who is also submitting himself to the Lord because he too has been set free. Is that not what Paul said? The Spirit of the Lord compels me, brother. I'm the worst of the sinners on the whole stinking earth. I'm the worst. But I'm not discounted. I'm not pushed out. I am not disqualified, brother. I'm the least of, I'm the worst of all the sinners. I'm the least in the kingdom. But do not count me out. Do not disregard me, sir. He climbed the steps in front of the greatest leaders of the nation as he's in chains being beaten. And he says, I have something to say because I have encountered Jesus and nothing else matters. Beat me. Imprison me. I don't care. I was in darkness and I'm in the light. And I have to speak it. I have to. Not I need to. Not I'm supposed to. I have to. Because without that, I have no reason. I have no purpose. Friends, there, there is an untapped realm for us to walk into. Who will walk in it? Who will do it? I won't know that I can do it and that I will do it until it comes and I walk through that threshold. Until it's proven. Until it's tried and tested. I will have no idea if I myself will walk through to that other side of submission. So when it comes, oh God, may we be found in the patterns of the scriptures of the men who've gone before us, set free to receive and to give the oracles of God and not assess things according to the flesh, to not see one another according to the flesh, and this is good, this is bad. But may we arrive at the unity of the Spirit. May we labor to maintain the unity of the brethren that says, this is the word of the Lord. Amen.